TII item 461, April 16th, 2018, iOS 11.4 beta 1, and the leaked don't leak memo. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is brought to you by ButcherBox. For free bacon and $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com slash TII and enter promo code TII. Today's episode is sponsored by Texture. Go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your free trial. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jim for sending in the artwork for today's show. Jim wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Here is a picture of my favorite Apple store, Apple Park Meadows Store near Littleton, Colorado. I was returning my second iPhone 10 that was ordered in error. Regards, Jim K., Morrison, Colorado. Well, thanks, Jim, for sending in this. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 461 or at Instagram.com slash Today in iOS or at Facebook.com slash Today in iOS. Folks, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. Let's get right into the news. Apple released iOS 11.4 Beta 1 to testers back on April 2nd. In this beta, AirPlay 2 feature is supported. Now, first note here. AirPlay 2 support was in an early beta of iOS 11.3 and then removed. Hopefully this time it sticks around. AirPlay 2 allows you to play the same song on multiple devices. This now allows you not just to play the same audio on multiple devices in your home, but to also change the volume of each device on its own. Currently, this is just for controlling on Apple TV devices running the latest beta as well. They have added Apple TV to the HomePod, uh, the Home app. Stereo support is in there for HomePod as well, or at least support for it as it requires an update for the HomePod software to actually work, and that's not out yet. Another feature uh, back from the betas of 11.3 is messages on iCloud. Maybe this time it will make it to Goldmaster. 11.4 beta 1 includes the new class kit introduced at Apple's education event in March, and um, that's it. I I downloaded it on my iPad and played with it, and did not see anything else noticeable, added, changed. The boys haven't complained about any problems about crashing, but I can't imagine that was it. There are likely other changes others have not found yet either, but in two weeks, it's been a while. I did watch a few different videos and read a plethora of posts on this, and yeah, it seems 11.4 beta 1 is a little on the lacking side for a single dot update, guess they are saving all the good stuff for iOS 12. And if you are a long-time listener or even a short-time listener of the show, you know Apple does not do betas by themselves. They also release betas for other devices. And watchOS 4.3.1 Beta 1 was also released on April 2nd. Being it's a single dot update, it's mostly just about bug fixes and optimizations, with one exception. 
A dev looked into the code in 4.3.1 beta 1 and thinks based on what he found that Apple is getting ready to open up watch faces to third-party devs. How, how does he know? Well, specifically, he found a component in the Nano Time Kit framework that says, quote, and this is a little vague here, sorry, quote, this is where a third-party face config bundle generation would happen, unquote. So yeah, it's a little vague. Or not. Uh, so those of you, like myself, that have been hoping for third-party watch faces, yay, or about time. There was a custom TII watch face for the Pebble around five years ago. Just saying. And Apple also released tvOS 11.4 Beta 1, which it seems is all about AirPlay 2, which hopefully means this time AirPlay 2 makes it to Goldmaster. Overall, the first round of betas from Apple were a little underwhelming. Maybe they will release additional features in the next round of betas, which should be this week and maybe and most likely by the time you hear this episode. In iOS 11.3, there is a new tweak or feature where users no longer need to log into the App Store of other countries to update apps only for those countries. For example, say you are in Albania and you want an app that is only in the U.S. App Store, and there are many of those. Originally, to get said app, you needed an App Store account for the U.S. as well, which there are countless articles out there on how to get said iTunes Store accounts for other countries. The real pain was when you actually wanted to update the apps. In the past, you had to log out of your main country account and log into your other country's account. With iOS 11.3, that is no longer needed. You can update all apps from all countries without having to log out of anything. You may still be prompted for a password, but no more having to manually switch accounts to update apps. Now you only need to do that when you initially are downloading said apps. On the last Apple quarterly conference call, Tim Cook said Apple Pay would soon be available in Brazil, and we can change soon to now available. It looks to be an exclusive partnership right now with Brazilian bank Itaio Unobanco uh, at launch, and it's I-T-A-U Unobanco. So sorry for mutilating that name. But look for it to expand shortly to other banks. In Brazil, you can use Apple Pay at Starbucks, Taco Bell, Bulger, the 50s, and Track and Field. Since Apple Pay launched in 2014, it has rolled out to the following additional countries. U.S., Australia, Canada, China, Hong Kong, France, Ireland, Italy, Denmark, Finland, Japan, New Zealand, Russia, Spain, Singapore, Switzerland, Sweden, Taiwan, UAE, and the U.K. That makes now for a total of 20 countries. Interesting, when you look at the G8 countries, Germany is the only one missing from the list. And from the BRIC countries, we are now just missing India. And by just, I should really say only missing India, because when you're talking about a country with over one and a half billion people, it's not just any time. Apple also announced some other banks from some other countries that are now supported for Apple Pay in Canada. Apple announced the addition of Island Savings and Valley First. In France, they added American Express, Borosorama, Futurama, CZAM, and Carrefour CZAM. And then in the U.S., there's 20 more local and regional banks that were announced. And out of kindness to you, I will not read that list. 
Apple rolled out what is now their yearly springish time update for product red offerings. This is the 11th year Apple has partnered with red to support HIV and AIDS programs. And this year there are a lot of product red options. There is the iPhone 8 and 8 plus red editions, but not the iPhone 10 version. Apple did release leather and silicone red cases for the iPhone 10 and all other iPhones currently for sale. And they released a leather folio red case for the iPhone 10. There are Apple Watch sports bands and classic buckle red bands. There are also Beats Solo 3 wireless headphones and Beats Pill plus Border Pool speaker and an iPod Touch plus smart cover for iPads, the mini 4th gen, the 10.5 inch Pro and the new iPad plus 10.5 inch iPad Pro leather smart cover and a leather sleeve for the 10.5 inch iPad Pro and even a product red Apple pencil case. In all, Apple has 32 product red offerings available now. You can see the link on the Apple website for all the product red options, or you can go to apple.com slash product dash red. This is one of those win-win product offerings. You get a great looking red product from Apple and they donate a percentage of the sales to charity. I just wish they would offer product red iPhones at the launch. That way I could get one. But if you are at a point right now where you are looking at upgrading to an iPhone 8 or 8 Plus, you have one more option, and in my opinion, the best looking option now available. Apple also recently launched a few new spring-inspired leather sleeves and smart covers colors for the 10.5-inch iPad Pro. The colors include electric blue and soft pink for the leather sleeves, and the new smart covering color includes lemonade and then Red Raspberry. Red Raspberry is not to be confused with Rose Red, originally released, or the just mentioned Product Red. So yes, three different reds for the smart cover for the 10.5-inch iPad Pro. They joined two different versions of blue, Midnight Blue and Cobalt Blue. Hmm. Apple, I think this is a little bit excessive or much. I'm sure consumers are not at all going to be confused by three different reds or two different blues. Just remember, folks, if you're getting a red Apple product, go with product red. It's for a good cause. Some potential serious issues for iOS 11.3 updaters. If they are updating on an iPhone that has a third-party screen installed to replace a cracked original screen. If you have cracked your screen on your iPhone and had it repaired by anyone other than Apple, stop. Do not update to iOS 11.3. Right now, most reports seem to focus on the iPhone 8, 8 Plus, and 10 models, but there are a few of the older models reporting issues. Again, if you ever had your screen repaired by a third party at this time, do not update to iOS 11.3. I'm sure we'll have more, much more on this one in future episodes. Seems Instagram has joined the likes of Twitter, Google Maps, Amazon, and eBay and that they all dropped support recently for Apple Watch. If you upgrade to the latest version of Instagram, released on April 2nd, Apple Watch support will be removed. Instagram is saying this has to do with Apple's requirements, that the Apple Watch app has to be built with the latest watch kit slash SDK to be native. Evidently, the Instagram app was used, built using the old Watch OS 1 SDK. 
No word yet on if Instagram will be bringing back support for it. And I'm sure it has nothing to do with Tim Cook totally smashing Facebook down on their issues of privacy. Sir Johnny Ive recently sat down for an interview with Naomi Campbell, because when you think of interviewers, we always think of Victoria's Secret's runway models before even Terry Gross or Ira Glass. Okay, well, the interview was for Vogue, so we'll let it slide. One of the first questions had to do with Sir Johnny's bed, one of the early ones, as in the rumor that he would sleep on factory floors when Apple was first launching the iPhone. Sir Johnny said he, quote, stayed for months, unquote, at the places Apple manufactured products, and, quote, I don't know how you can be an effective designer and not do that, unquote. He also kind of addressed Apple's secrecy by saying, quote, I don't really see it as being secretive, unquote, just like Mark Zuckerberg does not think Facebook is being too loose with your personal data. He also talked about Steve Jobs and how much he misses him, hint a lot, and more. You can find the full interview, if you are interested, in the link in the show notes for episode 461. As mentioned earlier, today's episode is sponsored by ButcherBox. They send you meat, but not just any meat. They send grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork. I live in Kansas City, and one thing we know in KC is meat. This is the meat town, period. And the meat ButcherBox sent was great. ButcherBox meats come from humanely raised animals that are never fed antibiotics, hormones, or fatty fillers because antibiotics and hormone-free meat is not just good for you, but it tastes great as well. The meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging and delivered right to your doorstep for free. In my family, I am the cooker of meat. I do not put sauces or cover it with A1 or anything like that. Nope, I believe the only good thing you could put on meat is more meat. I cut the strips they sent in half, wrap them in bacon, and place them on the grill. No spices, no extras. With spring finally, well, kind of, depending where you live, upon us, it is time to fire up the grill again, and that means you need meat to put on the grill. Spring's coming, it really is. If you go to butcherbox.com TII and enter promo code TII, You'll get $20 off your first box and get free bacon. Really nice, thick bacon. Perfect for wrapping your other meat. ButcherBox curates the finest selection of cuts and makes it so easy to customize your own delivery. Build your own box and choose exactly how much and what to have delivered to you and your family. Shipping is free to the lower 48 in the U.S., And again, you can get free bacon and $20 off your first box by going to butcherbox.com slash TII and entering promo code TII. The fine folks at iFixit did their thing with the new iPad 6 Gen and tore it apart. What did they learn? Well, for a device that is designed for education, it is basically unrepairable with a score of 2 out of 10 on repairability. The cover glass and LCD are separate, meaning... A cracked screen might be cheaper to repair, and that is where the good news ends for repairs. They did confirm it does have 2 gigs of RAM, which is good news for those in school. It means Fortnite will play on it fine. For the bad news, quote, As in all iPads, a solid barrier of very strong adhesive bars the way to any repairs and makes rework a sticky proposition. More adhesive holds nearly everything else in place, Battery replacement is particularly challenging. 
The LCD has a foam sticky tape adhering it to the front panel, increasing risk of damage during disassembly, unquote. So long of the short, if you're getting this and using it in a place where someone might drop it, you know, like a school, you might want to put a pretty rugged case on it. And speaking of the new iPad, Apple earlier this month released some video tutorials for the iPad and working with it with the new Apple Pencil. The videos have pretty clear titles, which include how to draw on screenshots with Apple Pencil, how to use two apps at once, how to get the most out of the keyboard, how to browse files from all your iCloud service apps in one place, how to sketch in notes with Apple Pencil, and how to master multiple emails at the same time. All those videos are about one minute long, or put another way, just twice as long as the pre-roll ads for videos at CNN.com. Switching gears, my first gen Apple Watch was one of those that had a battery that got a little excited and swelled up, if you know what I mean, and that caused premature separation of the glass from the case. I brought it back to Apple in December, and they replaced the battery at no cost. This was per the extended battery coverage for the first-gen Apple Watches, which seems like second-gen Apple Watches are also suffering from swelled batteries that are causing screen separation as well. And Apple is repairing those now free of charge. From Apple talking in the third person, quote, Apple has determined that under certain conditions, some Apple Watch Series 2 devices may not power on or they may experience an expanded battery. Apple will service eligible devices free of charge. Apple will authorize coverage for eligible devices for three years after the original date of purchase, unquote. If your second gen Apple Watch has its battery swell and separate the screen from the case, bring it to your local Apple store to get it repaired for free, or contact Apple on getting it repaired. It does not look like Apple has publicly announced this. The quotes from Apple were per an internal document sent, well, internally, which means some might not be aware of it. And if you bring in an Apple Watch to be repaired and they push back on you, then push back on them and escalate it up the chain at Apple. Eventually, it will get to someone that read the memo literally. And really, for the most part, Apple is really good on doing the free repairs for those types of cases. Also, if you do get some pushback, mention to them this comes from the Apple document numbered SN4534 in Apple's internal GSX portal. Because Genius Bar folks always appreciate when you can show them you know more about these type of things than they do. And according to Apple Insider, Apple is also offering up a three-year extended repair program for the first-gen iPad Pro smart keyboards. This is for both 9.7-inch and 12.9-inch iPad Pros. Users can get repairs or replacements for free, and really, it will be replacements, as long as said smart keyboard has one of the following issues. Sensor problems, magnetic connector problems, keys sticking, keys repeating, French Bulldog chewed on it because your sons left it on the floor and then ignored the dog while playing Fortnite. Keys being unresponsive and trouble with data connections. What is interesting about this Apple Insider article is that it matches up to a rumor from 9to5Mac from May of 2017. In neither case, however, have I been able to find a link at apple.com that confirms either report. But if you are having any issues that I mentioned... 
well, with one exception, it is best to set up a Genius Bar appointment and mention said rumor about the extended warranty rumor. And if anyone actually does have issues and gets it confirmed and gets it repaired for free, or really it's going to be replaced, you can't really repair them, but if they get it replaced for free, shoot me an email and let me know. Hi, this is Alan in Florida. I recently upgraded to iOS 11.3. Everything seems to be working pretty smooth, but I did notice one issue. Um, I don't know if this is across the whole platform, but I do have a couple of games that have in-game muting of sounds. And whether I have it set to mute or to sound, it still plays the sounds. So that's a change that I noticed after uh, upgrading to 11.3. Thank you. Alan, thanks for the feedback. From the Google Plus community, from Mike Day, he said the following, quote, per iOS 4.3 for iWatch, I know, I know, should have listened to Rob, but this has a was a twist. I did the 4.3 iPhone and iPad updates okay. Then to my week old Apple Watch, Nike Plus, it all froze when doing the update. There was no life in the phone then to Apple Care, unpair, restore, etc. Being an Apple Watch newbie, I thought I should have followed implicitly the warning to make sure there is a 50% plus charge on the phone, even though it was docked in the charger. With the iPhone, etc., I can I find you can just put the charger on and continue. Not so with the Apple Watch, according to the Apple Care agent. The update seemed to drain the battery, for, even though it was charging. I saw only 4% before it died. There I was, I'm sure, at least 25% of the battery when I started the update. Master reset was tried to no avail, and the battery had to recover uh, over 30 minutes before the watch would even start over. On restart, the watch was as before, uh, including apps and old software. However, as we uh, had unpaired the watch, we had to do a master reset and restore uh, afternoon gone. We learned something new every day, unquote, name redacted. Yes, make sure you listen at least 50%. And I highly recommend before you ever do an Apple Watch update, make sure it's just 100% charged. Don't even, don't even play with fire. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Thanks for all your great work. I know you say to wait to update, but I have been dealing with a weird dock for months now. The listeners nor Apple had a solution for me. All Apple could say is that it was a known problem affecting a small number of iPads. That said, they would let me know when it was resolved. It was is a rather frustrating problem if it is your iPad in that small sample. I even thought about updating my iPad to get past the issue. Past double dot updates did not do anything to help. Finally, iOS 11.3, it seems to have resolved the problem. I upgraded following your normal process with no issues. Thanks for your hard work and long hours uh, for your many listeners. Um, great benefit um, from those efforts. I also wanted to thank you for using my photo on episode 457. Let the listeners know how um, we can help you out. Regards, Jeff Nielsen, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, thanks, Jeff, and all others that reported in about nothing to report with the downside for 11.3. And per Jeff, per your question, what people can do to help out, send me feedback, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to today at gmail.com. Now, I think I can say 
you can go ahead and release the hounds and update to 11.3, folks, if you have not already. Well, unless you had a third-party repair of your screen for your iOS device. In that case, do not update to 11.3. But everyone else who hasn't had a third-party repair their screen, you can release the hounds for 11.3. Hi, Rob. This is Kim from Salem, Oregon. And in response to your question about which of the new features from iOS 11.3 that I like, I really like the battery feature, the fact that it tells me that my battery's lifespan, the, the peak performance, and that it's at 100% is awesome for the overall battery charge. Woo! Yay, iPhone 10. Because I was one of those people that went through two phones in two years due to battery issues. So let's see, the 6S, had it for a year, and then I had battery issues and I had to get the 7. Had that for a year, had battery issues, and that's how I wound up with my 10. Yeah, I am, I'm glad they got that fixed. But, you know, a little notice would have been wonderful with the 6S that said, oh, by the way, um, you're, we're having like battery, uh, performance issues. So, you know, um, if you have your phone for a year and your battery suddenly doesn't hold a charge, you know, we're going to do it for you. But no, we didn't get that. I'm a little miffed about Apple, miffed at Apple for that, but, uh, you know. I'm over it, or trying to get over it. But hey, if I if I hadn't had those battery issues, I wouldn't have gotten 10 so quickly. So yay! The other issue I like are the voiceover improvements, of course, as always. Those are the only major issues that I can think of that I'm a big fan of. I don't really care about ARKit either. Big whoop. <sighs> Yawn fast. <laughs> Bad and emojis. Big whoop. Who cares? I don't. <laughs> anyway, I will talk to you later. Have a good day. Love your show. Bye. Kim, as always, thank you so much for your feedback. Apple announced their next quarterly conference call, which will be on May 1st, also known as Bay Day, back in Bayport, New York, where I went to high school. That is where the seniors would throw the juniors into the bay on May 1st. It was a long-running tradition going all the way back to at least the 1920s, that I would guess in this day and age would be looked at as kidnapping and assault or attempted homicide. Um, oh yeah, iOS podcast, back to Apple. Um, on May 1st, Apple will report sales for the first quarter of calendar year 2018, also known as Apple's second fiscal quarter for 2018. This is typically the quarter Apple will announce a change in the dividend that they pay. Currently it's at 63 cents per share per quarter. Previously, it was at 57 cents, and then before that, 52, and before that, 47. Most analysts are looking for the new dividend to be at least 69 cents, with some saying it could go as high as 75 cents per share. I think 69 sounds about right and is right in line with the last increase, maybe 70 cents. Anything more than that would be very surprising. FYI, if you purchased Apple stock back in 2013 when it was around $15 a share pre-split, that would work out to about a buck seven per share post all the splits, meaning for each $1,000 you invested in 2013 in Apple shares, if you still have them, you would get about $2,580 per year at the 69 cent dividend level. Not a bad investment. Mom and dad, you're welcome. 
Now, per this next conference call, Tim Cook is looking for something to mention. He could mention a survey from Global Data, which asked UK consumers which smartphone they plan to purchase next in Q1 of 2018. And the iPhone X was the clear winner with 18% of responses. Second place was the iPhone 8 with 10% of responses, which tied for second with Sammy, the S8. So at least in the UK, the iPhone X seems to have a lot of demand slash desire by consumers. Johnny Evans reported on a Piper Jaffrey study that showed that more than four out of five U.S. teenagers now own an iPhone, and the number is growing. Owning an Android phone in high school, I guess, is now the equivalent of having chronic acne and being the head of the AV club. According to Piper Jaffrey, 84% of teens plan to get an iPhone next. That's up from 60% four years ago. Cynical adults, i.e. ones that own Android devices, try to say teens are just more impressionable by savvy marketing. But others, i.e. ones that own iPhones and Apple products and write for Apple blogs and are on Apple podcasts, well, they say it's not about marketing, it's about tech-savvy teens realizing that with Android, you are the product and the advertisers are the customer. And teens don't want to be a product. They want to be the customer and want to be in control of their personal info. Privacy actually matters to teens. And they realize that iOS products offer them the best privacy. Plus, if you want any chance at scoring a date to the prom that doesn't dress like their parents, yeah, then you need an iPhone too. Okay, one question that will come up and not be answered on the next Apple call is the success or failure or status of Apple HomePod sales. The past week has seen conflicting reports thereof. Bloomberg, based on reports from Slice Intelligence, said things are gloomy. Quote, by late March, Apple had lowered sales forecasts and cut some orders with Inventec Corp., one of the manufacturers that builds the HomePod for Apple, according to a person familiar with the matter. Unquote. And, quote, during the HomePod's first 10 weeks of sales, it eked out 10% of the smart speaker's market compared with 73% for Amazon Echo devices and 14% for Google Home, according to Slice Intelligence. Three weeks after the launch, weekly HomePod sales slipped to about 4% of the smart speaker category on average, the market research firm says, unquote. Now, it should be pointed out, that Slice Intelligence has reported before on Apple product sales, and to say the least, they have been far, far from accurate. And Bloomberg also cited the infamous sources familiar with the matter, which, as we know, means they took a wild arse guess. Because last month, that same quote source, unquote, well, it said that the iPad would be significantly lower in price. Eh, that didn't work out so much. Point is this. Apple will not release the numbers, or very, very likely will not release the numbers. Bloomberg and others know this, so they can say whatever they want. And that usually means saying the thing that gets the most clicks, and reporting dire news on any Apple product does exactly that. There are others trying to work up market share, comparing the Echo Dot at $39 to $49 per unit to the HomePod at well, not 39 to 49 but rather $349. So, yeah, fair comparison there. How many did Apple sell so far? Hard to say. Did they sell out? Nope. Does that mean demand was weaker than expected? Well, yes, obviously. 
But how much weaker it is, is well, it's hard to say. And, and that is the brilliance in the Bloomberg article. It is impossible to prove them wrong, or right for that matter. Another brilliant article comes from Ming-Chi Kuo, who says Apple is mulling over offering a lower-cost HomePod in light of the poor sales. This is brilliant in that even if Apple never offers it, Ming-Chi Kuo can say, well, I just said they were mulling it over, and they decided against it. And if they do eventually offer a lower-cost version, which pretty much happens with all new Apple products released, they can say, see, I first reported about this all the way back in the spring of 2018. Brilliant. Win or win for Ming. Ming plays this rumor game like a maestro. Thanks again to Texture, which now means Apple, for sponsoring our show. For my day job and for this podcast, I have to keep up to date on what's going on with podcasting in iOS and with Texture. I can search across over 200 top magazines in one place and they get access to those articles. Sometimes, however, I just want to decompress from work and the show and just read something purely for entertainment from National Geographic or Smithsonian. My wife likes better homes and gardens and Midwest living. And then there is Nat Geo for kids for my boys. You will find so many things for everyone in your family. As I said before, Texture is essentially the Netflix of magazine. The Texture app gives you unlimited access to over 200 premium magazines and you get complete issues and back issues for titles like time magazine the new yorker Macworld, popular science and wired to name just a few and right now you can try texture for free texture is usually 9.99 a month but they are giving tii listeners a free trial to start your seven day free trial go to texture.com slash tii again go to texture.com slash tii to start reading the latest issues of your favorite magazines today. The magazines look great on your iPhone or iPad. That means you have access to all the magazines anytime, anywhere, on any iOS device. Why on earth would you subscribe to just a couple of magazines when you could have all the best ones on your iOS device all the time for way less? Sign up for Texture right now and gain insider access to all the content from the world's best publications and no trees were killed to bring you these publications, folks. It's all just bits, man. Once again, go to texture.com slash TII to get your free seven-day trial. Get real news from real news sources. One prediction about WWDC 2018 per the Apple Watch is Spotify will be coming to it. This according to an anonymous and unverified tipster to Mac Rumors. Supposedly, the Spotify app will be a highlighted example of Apple's internally named stream kit framework for Apple Watch. My only question is this. If Spotify is the biggest competitor to Apple Music, would Apple really highlight the Spotify app on Apple Watch at WWDC? Maybe they will. Just seems questionable. Speaking of WWDC 2018, it looks like June 4th at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Eastern Time, will be when Tim Cook will kick off the two-hour-long keynote event. It will be live-streamed. So yes, you'll be able to watch when Tim unleashes and unveils and his team unveils all the new iOS 12 features. Hi, I was wondering if anybody knows what will be in the next iOS update. Thanks. Thanks for the call. And we won't know for sure what's going to be announced until June 4th, as previously rumored, Apple is supposed to be doubling down on stability and overall performance. 
and that means having at least per new features. One rumor is the return of the slide to unlock. There is guesses that Shazam gets integrated into iPhones, but some report it has almost always on, and that seems overly big brotherish and very anti-Apple. I think it will be integrated, but will not be always on, and rather Apple will come up with a quick and easy way to activate it, like putting a Shazam icon right on the lock screen. Some are saying AirPlay 2, now in iOS 11.4 Beta 1, is just there for testing and will be removed and not added officially until iOS 12. I hope those some that are saying it are wrong and it is released in iOS 11.4. Parental controls and more of them and more ways to limit your kid's screen time have to be coming. It is a big issue and getting worse. Group calling for FaceTime is also rumored. Multiple user accounts were mentioned um, um, partially at Apple's education event, and maybe that rolls out for all iOS devices and users and not just for education users on iPads. I would expect more crossover of iOS and Mac apps, any apps native for Mac from Apple and for iOS from Apple will likely be available on both platforms. This probably is more of a macOS item than an iOS item, but I think we will see steps this year to bring iOS and macOS even closer together. There will definitely be a mention of Siri getting more features and control because, well, that has been mentioned at every WWDC since Siri was released. Let's hope that means more actual control, like moving volume up and down and launching third-party apps better rather than just giving her more jokes and Easter eggs. Don't get me wrong, please give her more jokes and Easter eggs, but don't make that the only improvements. Actually improve Siri to have more control. A redesigned Apple podcast app would be great, and, well, that's my pipe dream. What are your pipe dreams? Tell me what you want from iOS 12 that is not in iOS 11, or maybe even removed from a release in iOS update. Give us a call, 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Bloomberg published a report about a leaked email from Apple, which it sent to employees saying, basically, if you leak info, you will be fired, face legal actions when possible, risk being blacklisted in the industry, and could face permanent ED issues if a male. By the way, I find it ironic, a memo about the wrath of Apple will unleash on its own if you leak information was leaked. And said leak memo about not leaking was this quote. Quote, Just before last September's special event, an employee leaked a link to the gold master of iOS 11 to the press, again believing he wouldn't be caught. The unreleased iOS detailed soon-to-be-announced software and hardware, including iPhone 10. Within days, the leaker was identified through an internal investigation and fired. Global Security's digital forensics also helped catch several employees who were feeding confidential details about new product, including iPhone 10, iPad Pro, and AirPods to a blogger at 9to5Mac, unquote. The leaked Don't You Leak memo also pointed out 
that 29 employees were fired for leaking last year, and 12 of those employees were actually arrested. One of those firings includes the Apple engineer that let his daughter film the iPhone X before it was released, but after it was announced. By the way, if you are wondering what percentage 29 employees makes for Apple, it would be 29 out of over 135,000 or 0.02% of Apple employees were fired last year for leaking. Not counting the one for leaking this year, um, the don't leak memo. Here is the full memo because why the heck not? After all, Apple does not invite me to any events. And you know, I want to make sure they feel comfortable with that decision. So from Bloomberg, the leaked don't leak memo to which you can probably skip ahead about four minutes or so if you don't want to hear the whole thing. Quote, last month, Apple caught and fired the employee responsible for leaking details from an internal confidential meeting about Apple's software roadmap. Hundreds of software engineers were in attendance and thousands more within the organization received details of its proceedings. One person betrayed their trust. The employee who leaked the meeting to a reporter later told Apple investigators that he did it because he thought he wouldn't be discovered. But people who leak, whether they're Apple employees, contractors, or suppliers, do get caught, and they're getting caught faster than ever. In many cases, leakers don't set out to leak. Instead, people who work for Apple are often targeted by press analysts and bloggers who befriend them on professional and social networks like LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook and begin to pry for information. While it may seem flattering to be approached, it is important to remember that you are getting played. The success of these outsiders is measured by obtaining Apple secrets from you and making them public. A scoop about an unreleased Apple product can generate massive traffic for a publication and financially benefit the blogger or reporter who broke it. But the Apple employee who leaks has everything to lose. The impact of a leak goes far beyond the people who work on a project. Leaking Apple's work undermines everyone at Apple for and the years they've invested in creating Apple products. Thousands of people work tirelessly for months to deliver each major software release, says UIKit leads Josh Staffer, whose team works as part was was part of the iOS leak uh, 11 leak last fall. Seeing it leak is devastating for all of us. The impact of a leak goes beyond the people who work on a particular project. It is felt throughout the company. Leaked information about a new product can negatively impact sales of the current model, give rival companies more time to begin a competitive response, and lead to fewer sales of that new product when it arrives. We want the chance to tell our customers why the product is great and not have that done by poorly by someone else, says Greg Jaswiak of Product Marketing. Investments by Apple have had an enormous impact on the company's ability to identify and catch leakers. Just before the last September special event, an employee leaked a link to the gold master of iOS 11 to the press, again believing he wouldn't be caught. The unleashed iOS detailed soon-to-be-announced software from and hardware, including the iPhone 10. Within days, the leaker was identified through an internal investigation and fired. Global Security Digital Forensics also helped catch several employees 
who were feeding confidential details about new products, including iPhone 10, iPad Pro, and AirPods to a blogger at 9to5Mac. Leakers in the supply chain are getting caught too. Global security has worked hand-in-hand with suppliers to prevent theft of Apple's intellectual property as well as to identify individuals who try to exceed their access. They've also partnered with suppliers to identify vulnerabilities, both physical and technological, and ensure the security levels meet and or exceed Apple's expectations. These programs have nearly eliminated the theft of prototypes and products from factories, caught leakers, and prevented many others from leaking in the first place. Leakers do not simply lose their jobs at Apple. In some cases, they face jail time and massive fines for network intrusion and theft of trade secrets, both classified as federal crimes. In 2017, Apple caught 29 leakers. 12 of those were arrested. Among those were Apple employees, contractors, and some partners in supply chain. These people not only lose their jobs, they can face extreme difficulty finding employment elsewhere. The potential criminal consequences of leaking are real, says Tom Moyer of Global Security, and that can become part of your personal and professional identity forever. While they carry serious consequences, leaks are completely avoidable. They are the result of a decision by someone who may not have considered the impact of their actions. Everyone comes to Apple to do their best work of their lives, work that matters and contributes to what all 135,000 people in the company are doing together, says Jajwak. Uh, The best way to honor those contributions is by not leaking, unquote. And that is the leaked Don't Leak memo. There's been a lot of talk lately about the $1 billion Apple has earmarked for creating original content. Apple announced this in August, and it sounded like the money would be spent in the next year or so. Right now, it looks like Apple has invested in at least a dozen shows. This includes a show from both Jennifer Aniston and Reith Witherspoon, an Amazing Stories reboot from Steven Spielberg, an as-yet-untitled space drama from Battlestar Galactica creator and guest on Podcast 401, Ronald Moore, a psychological thriller from M. Night Shyamalan, and others from known names in Hollywood. So it does not look like Apple's billion is going to indie producers, as had been rumored, but rather Apple's looking for known commodities or at least only leaking details about deals with known commodities. But what is not known at this point is when the floodgates or the finished content will be opened up and where those gates will be, and if there will be a cost for said content. Some most think the content will be rolled out into your Apple membership, uh, Apple Music membership, and, and Apple's first original content series, Planet of the Apps, was released to those with Apple Music memberships. I would guess it will be that model, with maybe a teaser episode for some series being available to the masses, or free via Apple TV only. And WWDC might be the place Apple gives a little bit more info about the future floodgates opening plans. However, others say the content Apple is paying for will not be ready for the masses until next March at the earliest. And if that's the case, then WWDC will most likely be too soon for Apple to say anything. I'm hoping that's not the case, especially per Ronald Moore show. 
But if it's not announced at WWDC, then expect probably around an October announcement of additional info. I guess I'm supposed to report on this next one. Apple hired Google's chief of search and AI, John Giannadiria. Let's just call him John G. Let's hope John is more like Guilfoyle and less like Big Head. This hire is supposed to be seen as Apple putting more key resources towards the improvement of Siri, which is universally undervalued by the press, but still the most used intelligent assistant. According to an email from Tim Cook, according to the New York Times, Tim said the following about John, quote, John shares our commitment to privacy and our thoughtful approach as we make computers even smarter and more personal. Our technology must be infused with the values we hold, all hold dear, unquote. Again, expect Siri improvements to be mentioned at WWDC. An interesting article on TheVerge.com titled, quote, Some Android phone manufacturers are lying to users about missed security updates, unquote. According to research firm Security Research Labs, and with a name like that, you know they must be legit. But let's just call them SRL for short. SRL claims numerous Android manufacturers are flat out lying to their users about missed security patches, which of course will have no impact at all on the users. SRL researchers spent two years analyzing Android devices, checking to see if the phones actually had installed the security patches the software said it had. And, well, you can guess what they found if I'm talking about it. And that is, it sucks to be an Android user concerned with security. And even sucks more if you have to research for two years all the different Android devices. They found in their research, even the big flagship phones from Sammy and Sony occasionally miss security patches, but others like ZTE and TCL missed patches far worse with them claiming to have installed four or more security patches than they actually did on average. This is what happens when there are too many cooks in the kitchen. And this is just around what happens on the OEM side. Then those updates need to have another update at the carrier side. Ugh, no wonder teens go with iOS. Android just sounds like way too much drama. Not sure if I mentioned this, but Fortnite is now open to everyone on iOS. Thanks again to Epic Games for sending over the early promo codes for my sons to use. But really, stay away. If you have no free time, this game is uber addictive. And, and did I mention iOS 12 really needs more parental controls? Um, and not only that, how about a significant other controls to limit their time playing this game? Just saying. To the email bag. Hey Rob, I'm sure you've been made aware by someone else already, but just in case I wanted to let you know that the App Store is working again on first-gen iPads. I was pleased to discover this and have downloaded dozens of old apps. Finding one's old enough versions available is a trick, but I used my iPhone to look at my purchase list and started all the way back at the beginning where I learned the first app I ever installed was a TOS Star Trek flashlight app on my brand new iPhone 3G white. My little ones love Sonic and most of the Sonic games work great. In fact, most of the apps I installed still run very smooth. The iPad still has the original screen, though it has been dropped thousands of times on all surfaces. 
and the batteries still last pretty long as well. I'm afraid they really don't make them like they used to. Thank you, Jeff Woodward. Well, Jeff, thank you for that heads up. And folks, you have an original iPad? You may want to go back and update some apps on it. Does a Lannister always pay his debts? Is winter coming? Does a Lannister always pay his debts? That's like asking if winter is coming. Does a Lannister always pay his debts? Hodor. Is winter coming? Hodor. Is winter coming? Does a Lannister always pay his debts? Is winter coming? I can't get the weather for Westeros right now, but I can get you the weather in West Hollywood. Thanks again to Texture for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your free seven-day trial with access to well over 200 of the best and most popular magazines. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or a comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or a rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. It's your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured on the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Today's show was again brought to you by ButcherBox. For free bacon and $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com slash TII and enter promo code TII and also get free shipping in the lower 48. Finally, check out the TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TI app or get the update if you already have it. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to bone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.